welcome to another episode of Mentor Musings. I'm JC, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Brett. Hey, Brett. Hello, everyone. Hey, JC. How are you today? Doing great. Doing great. Let's get to work. So, Brett, what I want to talk about today, I think it's the subject that's going to really impact a lot of entrepreneurs, not just ones that are at the later stage. You know, uh, when you launch a business, I, I feel like you're, you're managing two businesses. One is the business that you are and, and kind of the business that you're launching. And the other is the business that you kind of aspire to be. You know, you're, you're kind of going through a, a constant stage of metamorphosis. And so, I think what is to be expected for founders as they go along this journey is experiencing some growing pains. You know, sometimes that could be bottlenecks on the operation side, it could be on the execution side, but at, at various points through your venture, you're going to experience uh, experience these kind of bottlenecking challenges. I think you actually, Brett, I've heard you give a great metaphor before about founders hitting a sound barrier. And I think you've used it in the context of sales, but I know it also applies to so many other things. So let me ask you first, Brett, these sound barriers that, that founders and entrepreneurs have to break through, uh, what are some of the examples that you can think of that they should expect um, and kind of think about encountering along the way? Yeah, it's kind of that inflection point of the business, right? It's it's a it's a fine line balancing between, you know, we say it all the time, working on your business or working in your business. And as you're getting started and you're starting to grow, you're going to wear ha- many different hats or most people do, right? Because you don't have the money, you don't have the, the momentum yet to be able to start bringing folks on unless you raise money early on. And that's a whole different discussion. But let's assume for the argument that, hey, you're building this, you know, bootstrapped in the early days, you know, the founder is going to be busy in a lot of different roles. And what I've found historically, the folks I've worked with or, or interviewed on the podcast is the the inability to let go of certain tasks, right? You almost think intuitively the other thing, hey, this is what I'm good at. I'm going to get other people to do these tasks. But inherently, it's the other way around that it takes founders a long time to start to let go of some of the tasks that they're doing every day. And it stalls momentum versus, you know, increasing the momentum of what they're trying to do. And I think that inflection point, the sound barrier, you know, a lot of folks get stuck and it's hard to let go. It's hard to find the right folks. And typically, um, yeah, so long-winded answer to your question, but no, I appreciate it. And I think it is a really interesting point for a lot of founders. And I'm sure you've seen quite a few examples as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You know, I always tell folks, um, you know, to your point, Brett, a lot of people would assume that founders try to release responsibilities too early, but in fact, they end up holding on to them too long. Another way that I like to put it is, um, you know, the founders who are successful figure out the right jobs in which to fire themselves from first, right? Like, like you you hire yourself and you hold all of these roles, but you've got to rapidly deploy kind of firing and replacing yourself as quickly as possible. Um, I do think that's an important thing to note. But yeah, I mean, the, the types of sound barriers that they can encounter is is number one, prolific. I mean, it could be sales, operations, recruitment, product development. You know, it could be because you as the founder who are doing everything don't have the skills, knowledge or capacity to be able to do more. And so that's why I think the main focus area, regardless of the part of the business it's on, is that you as the founder or founders are likely the bottleneck. You are likely the source or the cause of some of those growth pains. And so as you think about um, kind of the next subject that I want to talk about how to resolve them, it's actually, you know, kind of thinking inwardly and, and, and kind of introspecting about what you're doing or what you're not doing and how to resolve it. So, so 
let's talk about if, if founders are the typical source of that that barrier or that bottleneck. Um, you know, what are some 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 tips and best practices that you can suggest as far as how to identify before you hit that sound barrier um, that that sound barrier is coming up? Like, how do you know as a founder intuitively that hey, uh, I might be coming up at something that I need to start addressing before it becomes a, a major problem? Yeah, I wish there was a magic formula for it, and I, I hate to use that it depends, but I think one of the biggest um, tools that that founders can they're starting to think about it because you know almost to a business, you're you're going to make some pivots as you're growing your company, right? It's it's just going to happen, and the challenge becomes if you're so deep in doing all the tactical every single day, you're not seeing the bigger picture. And I think where I like to start breaking it down is if you've, you've got some momentum, you've got some customers, you're starting to get feedback, you got to start leveraging that feedback and looking, you know, even if it's six weeks, six months down the road, starting to plan and say, all right, how do we get to this point? But the ones that don't ever get there that end up burning themselves out is, are so focused on the tactical and they're the reactionary to what's next. And it is a, it's a balance, man. You got you to gotta figure out where to spend your time. But if you're not spending any time thinking about the future, no matter how near or even longer term, you're going to really struggle to break through that threshold because you're going to be so involved in the day to day that you're not going to be able to to get out of it without either the business falling behind or looking at, at what's next. That makes right. sense. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with you there. I, I think it is important to be anticipating where those barriers are going to be. Um, and it can be difficult. There's not a one size fits all answer. I mean, I've heard, you know, in, in the investment world, I've heard venture capitalists and angel investors talk about the, the founder CEO having a threshold of revenue usually. And, and, and it varies a little bit depending on the skill and scope of the founding team and the primary founder. Uh, but I've heard it most, I guess, directly equated to a level of revenue. And it kind of depends on are you direct to consumer or business to business, but you know, it could be 5 million, it could be 50 million, it could be 500 million, but there usually is a threshold of revenue that will ultimately dictate how far or when you're going to start experiencing bottlenecks. And probably it's not just because magically that amount of revenue generates those barriers or those bottlenecks. It's because operationally to deliver services at that or those scales, probably you have so much going on in the organization that it's kind of those other things that are contributing to that revenue that's holding you back further. So I've heard it most easily equated to a level of revenue, but again, it's not some magic formula or threshold that, okay, well, I'm at 4,999,000, so I need to get ready for my 5 million. It's not exactly that, but I think it's more kind of the contributing operations and the scalability of operations that's going into reaching those revenue thresholds as you sell more products or services. So uh, I would I would try to earmark and think about, you know, where you think those revenue targets are. I know for a fact, investors will uh, anticipate that. You know, when you're looking in the bring, you know, institutional investors on, they will think, how far can this founder CEO go? And for them, I think they're typically looking and kind of creating an approximate line of, okay, probably this size of organization, this size of, of revenue profile. Yeah. And maybe another way to frame that a little bit too, because, you know, I was kind of looked at it from the revenue side, but, you know, where a lot of my conversations and work has gone now is, you know, with those founders and startup founders, you know, selling into their network. And then once you're starting to try to reach to folks outside of your network is when that may be a good line of when do I need to start separating? Because 
you know, the way I look at it, and I've been using it a tagline more recently, you know, from startup to scale up, right? So the startup is, hey man, you're hustling, the founders involved with everything, you're starting to scale up. And I think there's a junior scale up stage, right, from the half a million, a million to the 10 million, where you can't do what you've been doing, right? You can't just hustle and get the next customer. You've got to start putting in some basic foundation and process into your business. Then once you get to 10 million, give or take, then that's a whole different level of complexity and process you need to get in place to get to 25 and then then 100. And so as you're starting to think of reaching beyond your customers, you know, I think you can look at it from a revenue or customers or who your customers are to start to think, all right, how are we going to be able to process this and get it to kind of the next level? And, you know, it's not, again, it's not for everybody, but I think if you wait until you're in that scale up phase, it's going to be really hard. You're going to be working backwards and trying to re, you know, as they say, paving the road as you're driving down it at 80 miles an hour. So just a little bit of upfront to think about it as you get to that point will save you a lot of time and energy and, and headache. I, I love that from startup to scale up, Brett. That's that's an awesome, awesome uh you know, way to, to frame it. And I think one of the things for founders to remember as you transition from startup to scale up is that it is much harder to manage a succeeding venture than a failing venture. And again, I think, you know, a lot of people, if you ask them the question, you know, kind of like earlier about holding on to or relinquishing duties too quickly, um, I think other people, when you say that, they would say, oh, no, it's much harder to manage a struggling business. No, it is much simpler to manage a struggling business. So the point is, is that if you're a founder, and if you're in the early stages and you haven't hit one of those barriers, you need to anticipate that if things are going well, that these are, are, are kind of not uptown problems, but they are challenges that you want to be anticipating having. And so this is really, I think, what we always talk about, Brett, I know with our relationships with founders, but but others as well, the importance of mentors. Yep. You know, you probably as a first time founder or at least a first time founder for your venture, don't have the, the perspective or the optics to know when or how to anticipate. So having mentors and advisors that can say, hey, based on my experience, I think this is the point at which you're going to start experiencing either a knowledge or a resource or just a, a capacity issue. Um, you know, we need to be thinking about that ahead of time. And it can be an easy thing to put aside. You know, you're, yes. you're, you're not tackling the challenges of tomorrow. You're trying to survive and fight the challenge of today. But remember, the, the, the scope of what you're trying to do is much bigger picture. You know, what what good is tackling today's challenge successfully if you're gonna fail tomorrow's? There's no point, right? right? So you do need to have mentors and advisors that can help you be thinking about and anticipating where those are coming so that that way you're not just fighting today and, and ultimately uh, losing the battle tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. And I think you can get so wrapped up in the day to day that again, all of a sudden three months go down the road, you're running out of money, you don't have time. So it's like I said, it's a, it's a balance and it's a art more than science, but I do think you can apply some science and some fundamentals to get you thinking about a little bit bigger picture. So um, yeah, so I think really good advice. 1000%. Any other thoughts or, or, or suggestions or tips on, on this topic, Brett? No, I'm sure we could go deeper for another 30 minutes, but is trying to keep true to our format, give folks something to think about. And yeah, please feel free to reach out to us if you have specific questions. Like I said, this is a good problem you're going to have if you're getting to this point, but it makes a lot of sense to think about it ahead of time versus doing it on the fly. So... Absolutely. We're gonna, like you said, Brett, we're going to say true to our format. It's micro musings or mentor musings, not uh, not uh, mentor dissertations. So, <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
as Brett mentioned, everybody, thank you for listening in. Uh, if you've made it this far, please like, comment, subscribe, share content with others. Listen, if you're a founder, an entrepreneur, it's on you to be part of the network, to be able to share information with others who, who might need it. So please, uh, you know, post this, broadcast this, send people our way, reach out with questions. But as always, Brett and I are here for you and, and want to help anything that you uh, are tackling. But until next time, we wish you the best of luck with your venture and talk soon. Yeah, cheers. See you next week, JC. Cheers. Cheers.